Hey there, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Reading Project Podcast. I'm Ashley DeMercurio, your host and the owner of Your Reading Tutor, LLC. This week, we're going to re-release episode 32 from season two, Five Ways to Celebrate National Poetry Month at Home. April is National Poetry Month. And it's a fun time to take a look at some new poetry with your kids. So you can head to the library, check out poetry books, or even just check your bookshelves. I bet you have some already at home. If you're reading poetry this month with your kiddos, I would love to hear what books you're loving. What books are you enjoying? What kinds of poetry are you reading? You can send me a message at your reading tutor on Instagram or take a screenshot of this episode, share it and tag me at your reading tutor, or feel free to send me an email or even better, leave us a five-star review on over at iTunes on the Reading Project Podcast. I love hearing from you and seeing what kinds of books you're reading with your kids and hearing all the good things you're doing at home to build a culture of literacy and just help your children love reading and writing even more. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'll be back next week with new content. Until next time, keep reading. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Reading Project Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley DiMercurio, and your reading tutor. Today's episode is all about National Poetry Month. So we're going to talk about some of the great things about poetry, why it's important to use poetry with children. And then I'm going to share my top five ways to celebrate National Poetry Month. And make sure to stay tuned till the end because I actually have a bonus for you as well. So before we dive in, I've got to say that it would just truly mean the world to me if you would take a minute and share the Reading Project podcast with your friends, family, and your community on Instagram. If you want to help this podcast reach even more families and caregivers, all you have to do is take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram at your reading tutor, Ashley. When you do, I'll share your post on my page. Okay, let's go. Hey there, welcome to the Reading Project podcast where I help you build stronger readers one episode at a time. I'm Ashley, and you're Reading Tutor. My experience as an online tutor, classroom teacher, and the mother of a reluctant reader has allowed me to bring a fun and effective approach to building stronger and more confident readers. I created The Reading Project after working with dozens of families in my business that needed support in helping their readers at home. I want parents and caregivers to know that you don't have to be a teacher to help your struggling reader. I'm here to help with book suggestions, homework tips and tricks, tools and ideas for tackling reading, writing, and spelling work at home. I am on a mission to help you develop a culture of literacy and a love of stories with your children. Let's do it. So April is National Poetry Month, and I want to talk for a minute about why I love poetry and why I think poetry is great for children. So first of all, You know I love talking about motivating reluctant and struggling readers, and I really believe that poetry can do that because often poetry for kids is is silly. It's funny. It rhymes. It's not 
very long usually often some of their favorite poems are you know typically only a few lines so it's going to feel a lot less overwhelming to a, a struggling reader or a new reader to tackle a poem and they can feel really confident about finishing a poem instead of a whole book so even though poetry is especially poetry for kids is typically shorter there is still a lot of amazing literary value in poetry Poetry teaches children about sounds, it inspires creativity, and can help build their vocabulary. So we've talked a lot about just different ways to build vocabulary or inspire creativity, all of these things, right? Here at the Reading Project Podcast, I want to encourage and empower families to figure out what works for them and what works for your children and how can you support your kids in developing just a love of reading and a love of stories. And I really do believe that poetry can play a big part in that. You can actually head to poets.org backslash National Poetry Month, and we'll make sure to include that in the notes of the podcast as well, but they have over, they have 30 ways to celebrate National Poetry Month in the home. But I went ahead and made a list of my top five ways for you to celebrate National Poetry Month with your children. The first one would be to head to your library and check out poetry books and spend some time pouring over those with your kids, whether you use it for your bedtime reading or you curl up on a Saturday morning, read poems out loud to your children, different kinds of poems, right? Rhyming poems, not rhyming poems, pick up the, your favorite authors from the library and also try to find something new, something different. You might be surprised and find a new author, a new poet that you love. Make sure to head to the Poetry for Kids website. And again, I'll make sure to include that link in the notes, but it is, it's literally poetry, the number four kids.com. This is a great website that I use all the time with my students. I love using poetry to practice fluency, to increase fluency. That's one of the main tools I use when I am building fluency with readers. So, and again, because they're fun, they're short, you can read them more than once, but definitely head to poetryforkids.com and you can read funny poems, poems by topic, there's poetry lessons there, there's a poetry podcast, you can access a rhyming dictionary there. It's just amazing. It's a really great website to use. Okay, next thing you can do is think about how you could write poems for your kids. Now, you might be thinking, Ashley, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I get it. Because sometimes maybe you have some feelings about poetry or writing for when you were in school. But I think that this will be fun for you. So this would be the third way for you to celebrate National Poetry Month with your kids would be to read and write limericks. Okay. Now, if you are a grown up and you're listening to this, you might be thinking about limericks that are not okay for children. Those are not the ones we're talking about here. <laughs> there are lots of funny limericks and you can find a limerick book at the library or you can go online and find limericks. But typically when you write a limerick, there's a structure that you have to follow. Okay. And you can find information about this. Maybe I can even write up a quick little uh, handout for you about limericks. But typically the first line of a limerick I try to like give my students that first line, okay? So give them something to, to work from and then have them complete the limerick after that, making sure that they use the right rhyme scheme. So limericks rhyme, okay? So limericks have a rhyme scheme. 
So I'm going to go ahead and tell you how, what are the rules of a limerick right now? And I actually just had to go back and look these up on poetry for kids to make sure that I knew the, the right rules for a limerick because it's been a little while since I've written one. The first thing is that they are five lines long. Lines one, two, and five rhyme with one another. Lines three and four rhyme with each other. And they have a very distinctive rhythm, the way they sound. And they're often very funny. Okay, so that's why kids usually love limericks, because they're short, they rhyme, they're funny, they're easy to memorize, you can be really silly. The rhyme scheme of a limerick is also known as A-A-B-B-A. So if you are familiar at all with writing poetry, that might make more sense to you. But here's an example, and again, this came right from Poetry for Kids. There was a young fellow named Paul who fell in the spring in the fall. Twould have been a sad thing had he died in the spring, but he didn't. He died in the fall. So hall, fall, fall, they all rhyme. And they have this very, this rhythm to it, this like beat that goes along with it. That's just an example of a limerick, and they're really fun to write with your kids. And I, most libraries have a limerick book that you can check out as well. Okay. Another kind of poem that's really fun to write with kids, and this one is kind of two different kinds of poems, so this would be your fourth way to celebrate National Poetry Month, would be to write an acrostic poem or a shape poem with your children. Those are two different kinds of poems, so I'm going to talk about each one. But again, these are sort of like the simpler ways, or the simpler kinds of poetry that I think are really accessible for families and kids to play with poems, play with words. I used to do a whole unit when I was a fourth grade teacher about playing with words and, and doing, you know, poetry with my students. So acrostics have really simple rules. First, you're going to decide what you want to write about. And you actually write your word going vertically down. You've probably seen a poem like this before. Um, often in school, you know, in the younger grades, maybe in kindergarten, you get something for Mother's Day or you might get like a special, it has your like M-O-M, mom, going down and they put like magnificent outrageously funny and my mom you know so you write your word vertically then you brainstorm words or phrases that describe your idea or describe the word you're writing about and you place your brainstorm words or phrases on the lines that begin with the same letters you can even take it a step further and try to place the letter of the word somewhere within the line i've done that before or at the end so it doesn't always have to start the sentence or phrase but typically when you're first writing an acrostic poem you do have the, the first letter be the letter of the sentence the first letter of the sentence so that's an uh, an acrostic poem kids usually love writing these you know and it's, it's not too challenging yeah, it's just kind of fun. The other kind of poem that I just mentioned is a shape poem, or it is also called sometimes a concrete poem. And these are fun because you can actually use the words to make the shape of what you are writing about. Okay, so we call them shape poem a lot with students, but I think its official term is a concrete poem. And that's the, the poem. It looks like the topic of the poem. So if you're reading a book or a poem about apples and there's a concrete poem about apple trees, the words in the poem will actually take the shape of an apple tree. And that kind of creates like an illustration through the words making this picture. <laughs> so there's a lot of different kinds of shape poems for kids. And I 
I'll definitely make sure to include an example of a book with shape poems in the show notes. But again, you could ask your librarian for a shape poem or a concrete poem book that you can read with your kids. So those would be my top, that's three kinds of poems, limericks, crostic, and shape poems or concrete poems that are easy to write with younger kids. For students in upper elementary, this is my tip number five or way number five that you could celebrate National Poetry Month. If you have a student in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, I love the book called Love That Dog. It's an amazing book. I will warn you, it is sad. Um, If you have ever loved a dog, you know that sometimes that means saying goodbye. And there's definitely a sad part in this story. But it's called Love That Dog. And you can, they use the the whole story is written in prose. Like it's this boy is in school and he's learning about poetry and he's writing this story and it's in poem. So it kind of reads like a journal, but also poetry. So each day, each section has a day heading. And then as you're going through the book, he's learning about different kinds of poetry, different poets, and then he's emulating their style and learning how to write his own poetry. I've used that when I was teaching fourth grade, and I use that book every year with my students, and they were able to create some really beautiful poetry after reading that book and learning how to emulate other poets. Okay, so here is my sixth way. This is your bonus for how you can celebrate National Poetry Month at home, and that is to plan a poetry tea time for a poem in your pocket day on April 29th. So this month, April 29th, if you're listening to this in April, and you can celebrate a lot of ways, but one way that you can celebrate is by um, taking that library hall. So when you went to the library and you got that big stack of poetry books and plan a special day to explore poetry with your kids. You can read them, you can do writing them, maybe if you've been writing poems this month with your kids, and then on Poetry Tea Time, you present them, like help your children make it really special, right? Like write their poem on a nice piece of paper and let them illustrate it. And it doesn't have to be tea even, but just kind of make it fun, make it a little fancy, have a special a special drink, maybe uh, some special fancy treats where, you know, you decorate your table in a nice way, just something that's like a little bit surprising or interesting for your children to sort of celebrate poetry. Okay, so another thing that you can do for a poem in your pocket day on April 29th is to select a poem that you love and share it on social media with the hashtag pocket poem. And this came from um, poets.org. Again, they have all kinds of tips and fun ways to celebrate poetry month. So definitely check them out. There's a PDF you can print out where you can write a poem, draw a picture. Um, They have a lot of different ideas. Just share a poem with your kids that you love and send send them to school. So you could, you know, write a little poem, a little limerick or something, stick it in their lunchbox. Um, There's just a couple of fun ways that you could celebrate National Poetry Month with your family. All right, everyone. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode, and I hope that you will decide to find a way to incorporate poetry into your family life 
this month. I would love to hear about it. If you do, truly, it would make my day. You can tag me on Instagram at your reading tutor, Ashley. And you may have noticed my Instagram has, my handle has changed a little bit. And that's as my brand is growing at your reading tutor. I now have that Instagram page where I'm sharing more about the podcast and about the tutoring work that I'm doing. And then I also have a page where I share about business side of it you know, and the summits and and things like that that I'm running. So for now on Instagram, you can find me at Ashley D. Mercurio if you are a teacher and you're looking for advice on how to start your tutoring business, or you can find me at Your Reading Tutor Ashley if you are a parent and you're you're looking for tips and advice and support on, um, you know, to help your struggling reader, or if you are looking for a tutor. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And until next time, keep reading. Thanks so much for listening. And if you know anyone who might be interested in joining us and listening in on my podcast, I would love for you to share it. And I'd also love to connect with you on social. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. All my links are in the show notes. Make sure you head over to my website at www.yourreadingtutor.com to sign up for my newsletter so you'll be notified when new episodes come out and any new promotions or services that I'm offering. You can also find my free signature three-step reading reward system on my website. You'll be able to download it and just get started right away helping your struggling reader to reach their potential. Keep reading. See you next time.